Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Text me, 7203 And uh, we're going to take your calls because you are the show. This is a show where we dialogue and talk about the things of the Lord together, opening the scriptures and strengthened in the inner man. Taking your calls, 303-690-3000 and text 720-336-0897. Now, some of, the, uh, some of you may have heard the spot that we have in relation to um, oh my goodness, Dominic Bali. Uh, he is a pastor, but he's also a very talented musician, and he's going to be here tonight for a special night of worship as he shares his music and leads us into the throne room of grace and also uh, will be sharing his testimony and sharing life through his music. And this is a free event tonight here at Calvary. Um, come on. Come on out tonight at 7 o'clock as we'll have a time of prayer. Uh, we've got a special thing we're going to be doing for a family that has been sent out from us, and then we're going to pray, and then we are going to enjoy a night just waiting on the Lord and being encouraged by the ministry of Dominic Bali. Um, and uh, what a blessing this man is and has been to the body of Christ, and he is in town. He just did a backyard a type of event, backyard, I don't know if you want to call it a concert, because it's really not a concert, but it's a ministry event where he's using his gifts and his talents for the sake of the kingdom. Um, come on out. Uh, we'll be here tonight at 7 o'clock, and Calvary Roars on Hampton and Tower, as we have the privilege of coming together and growing in God's grace. Dominic Bali will be here tonight. Free, free, free. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, taking your calls and your questions. I see the phone lines. Um, the phone lines are starting to light up. And we will take the calls as soon as they are processed. Let me see if I got anything on my texting line. Uh, it looks like we have one. Um, how can you explain the judgment seat of Christ today with reference verses? Uh, well, you know, the, uh, the best way to do that is to look up the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ uh, in Corinthians, and listen to the Bible study that I taught on that subject. Uh, and that would be the best way to do that. You can go to Calvary Aurora, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I taught a Bible study in verses 9 through 13 on the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ, and so that's the best place to get a strong answer for that. 
and how an under, a believer can understand the purpose of this judgment, and not that salvation is earned by good works, but rather salvation brings good works. Um, go ahead and go to the website. Um, you can go to our website, put in the, let me just make sure I get the right number, put in study number 4711, and that will completely, well, it probably won't completely answer your question, but it will answer many of the questions you have about the Bema Seat of Christ. Uh, and so thank you for that question. So text me, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. Let's see, we're going to pick up with line one. Is Carol, Is it Caroline or Caroline? Caroline. Caroline from Denver. Welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I'd first like to say I've listened for quite a while, and I'd like to commend you on such a tender heart that you have when you give answers to people that are um, tough answers. Uh-huh. You you have so much grace and love that you wrap it in. It's just um, it's really a um, a help for me to hear that teach me to do that more. Oh, well, thank you for that. Keep praying for me so that uh, um, I'm always prepared when I take the, the, when I take the show, because sometimes um, I'm not as, um, I'm not as willing um, because I'm getting, I, I get frustrated or fleshly, have a hard day. So when I have a hard day, just pray for Pastor Ed, say, Ed, Lord, please help Ed to, to manage his bad days. <laughs> Because <laughs> we all have them, don't we? You do very well. Like I said, it's thank you. Some of the some of the answers are very tough answers, and yet yeah. you always come across with great compassion. So, well, thank you very much for all of us. My well, question is, um, I I need help to see if there's a way that I can find a book or something that would help me distinguish the promises in the Bible that are only for Israel. Okay. The promises that are for the whole church. Okay. That is a good question. I want to say there is a there is a title. I'm going to go to Amazon right now because I don't have Sometimes I can look at at my library and I can I can start scanning my library, um, but in Amazon, I want to say there's a book called Every Promise in the Bible. And I don't know. Uh, let me see Every Promise in the Bible by Larry Richards. That's exactly what it is. So it's called Every Promise in the Bible and uh, by Larry Richards. Okay. And I'm not sure. Um, well, yeah, it says Every Covenant and Promise in the Bible. You'll find God's a keeper of his word, trustworthy, dependable. Um, he examines God's special commitments known as covenants. And in part two, he looks at a wealth of wonderful promises found in both the Old and the New Testament with 100 drawings, charts, and maps. And it looks like you're going to have to buy it uh, used because a hardcover version is $93. Do not pay $93 because the paperbacks start at about 5 bucks. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's what I need because I've been told, like, when it says, um, <clears throat> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and um, that he promises that he will hear the, heal their land. And I've been told that that only applied to Israel at the time, and 
their land and that we cannot claim that as where we live that God would do that here. Okay, well, here is here is how I would approach that. Um, and this is a really good question that will lead, that that will remind me that we are bringing a seminar here in September called the Inductive Bible Study Seminar. And that is a tool, one-day seminar from like 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's a it's a class that you can take that will help you understand how to study the Bible. Because okay. that's the most important part of this question. Because the, 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 the context of that particular verse is definitely applicable to the children of Israel. If my people were called to mind in a particular time and a particular place. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. It's what? Second Chronicles. Um, do you remember? 714. So Second Chronicles 714. It was a promise that was given to Solomon. Uh, so this is God's second appearance to Solomon, and that means that this is a promise that was given to the unified kingdom because they hadn't fallen, they hadn't split yet because Solomon's still alive, and it was a promise given to the followers of God um, that if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I'll hear and forgive their sin and heal their land. Um, right. And so the interpretation of this verse is to a particular people at a particular time. And so in that case, someone telling you, well, that doesn't, that, that's not for uh, believers today, there is some accuracy to that statement because the context is to a particular people in a particular time, just like the whole Bible, right? Uh, the whole right. Bible, when something's written to the Ephesians uh, in the New Testament, it was written to a group of people in the city of Ephesus in the first century. And we need to understand what it meant to them what they heard, what what the intended meaning was to them, and for in order for us to understand what the text really means, if we just read the text with Western eyes and think everything applies to the United States, we would be completely wrong, because the United States didn't apply, didn't apply, uh, didn't exist when the Bible was written. Does that make sense? Right, right, right. So then, once we find the interpretation, then we can develop applications. And one of the applications could be from this verse is, if the people of God, the people that love God, in this case it was the Old Covenant, but now we know there are people that love God in the New Covenant, if they will humble themselves, that's biblical. If they will pray, that's biblical. That's New and Old Testament. Seek my face. If you'll turn from your wicked ways, God will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Um, that there is much to be said about the application of this verse to our modern-day culture, um, that God, if, if we'll humble ourselves, God will bless that. That's repeated in the New Testament. If we'll pray, that's repeated in the New Testament. If we'll seek God's face, that's repeated. So if the followers of God will, will seek God, he will hear and answer them. We know that for sure. And whether he's already forgiven our sins, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Right. And then the healing of the land, again, that is conditional upon the sovereign choice of God. And in this case, the the reality of this promise was um, they didn't do it. And they suffered the consequences of it. And they divided the kingdom that never reunited until really in a in a secular way in 1948. Right. And 
And so the context, you know, so in this case, you actually, on your friend, you actually are both correct to some degree. Your friend's right. This is to the United Kingdom in Solomon's day. And you also are correct when these principles are applied as followers of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul makes a powerful statement uh, in Romans. Uh, Let me get there. He uses this phrase that's so wonderful. And if God was making um, promises, spiritual promises, uh, in the Old Testament, then he uses a phrase. Um, He uses it, for example, in Romans chapter 11, verse 24. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? How much more is a phrase that he uses many times in that context of the promises of God are even greater in Christ and the fulfillment in Christ? And how much is Christ's heart, how much is Jesus' heart to do for us all and has done for us all in the new covenant, which was promised by the old covenant? How much more in Christ do we have? And the answer is so much more. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I I just um, I know everything is contextual. Yes. But I, but I I sometimes I mean I hear people using that even here in the United States we we use that verse that says that you know if we will humble ourselves and seek His face and He will hear heal our land which we. We need because we've become so corrupt. But they say, "Well, you can't use that," and I'm like, "Well, why not?" So, and that's a good question. I, and I think, I think that if God sovereignly chooses to heal our land, whether we turn to Him or not, it's only temporary, and we need to keep that in mind. It's only temporary. And I think sometimes in our modern day culture today, in our Western modern day culture as it states today, that prayer is prayed like. It's the most important thing that has to happen, that our land be healed. And, and I do agree that our nation is strayed away from the things of God and that we've, we've turned our back on God and that um, God is going to hold our country accountable for the many, uh, all the blood that's on our hands because of abortion. And, and, and if God does choose one more time to bring healing and revival into our land, we still have to remember it's only temporary. Like we're only passing through that the true real rest of God, and we're making this point in the book of Hebrews, the true real rest of God is found in Jesus Christ, abiding in him and trusting in him, even in a land that's not healed. And so to pray to pray the best for our rulers and to pray the best for our country for the sake of the gospel, to pray that God, I mean, if you can find these things repeated where the Bible says that we're to pray for our rulers, we're to pray right. for those in authority over us, uh, we're to pray for our for, for those that run our country, um, no matter what country we're in, but you know, here being in the U.S., we always still have to remember that even if God chooses to sovereignly bring healing to our land and bring revival at once more, which I think we all want, it's still just temporary, and it's not for the sake. And I, here's one of the mistakes that's made, and I know your friends aren't saying this, but for the sake of our conversation, one of the mistakes that is made is that when that prayer is prayed, I, I have to say many times the motive of the prayer is simply comfort and ease. We want our land healed so that we can experience more comfort and ease. And 
that we would then have the the remnant of believers you know this because it is a rem we are a remnant we are a small right. amount in a large part of our country right is is crying out you know and wanting god to do a great work um, but it's not for our comfort and ease it's for the sake of the gospel and i think right. we miss that sometimes but right once we understand the interpretation, then the applications are pretty clear. Like, for example, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This was given to Israel uh, in their Babylonian, or to Judah in their Babylonian captivity. And, and he's just saying, look, it's going to be hard in Babylon, but make yourself at home because you're going to be there for a while. Take advantage of this. Pray for your leader. Buy your land. Don't listen to the false prophets. And, and, and so can we apply that today? Well, does God have thoughts that he thinks toward us? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, are they of peace in Christ? Yes. Because Jesus took the, pure, the, the full weight of the wrath of God upon himself. So Jesus said he offered us peace, not like the world does. And they're not of evil so that he might give you a future and a hope. The answer is yes, yes, yes. So yes, it applied to the captives in Babylon but it absolutely applies to us today, and it's repeated over and over again in the New Covenant. How much more now in Christ? Right. So as long as we're careful, because I think a lot of people get pushed back on that, and they just simply say, well, that's Old Testament. That just applies to Judah. But if we slow them down a little bit and we talk it through, we find that, yeah, the precious promises of the Old Covenant are reaffirmed on in the New Covenant, and what changed is is that they're no longer conditional upon our performance, but in the New Covenant, they are conditioned upon Christ's performance, and He finished it all. Right. Isn't that awesome? It is. It is very, very much. Would you tell me again about your—you um, said you have a, a study that's coming up in September? Yes, we have a one-day seminar on September 8th. It's a Saturday. Okay. And it'll be here from 9 a.m. to uh, 4 p.m. And it's called the Inductive Bible Study Seminar. And let me see if they put the link up. I think they put a link up on our website. We're going to start running spots here pretty soon. But until then, uh, we don't have the landing page done yet. So it's coming. Um, And as soon as we have it, we'll put it out. But it's the... Uh, let me just check one more thing while you're on the phone because I know they sent me a link, but it's not working or I'm just putting in the wrong one. Let's see. Nope, I did it right. So it's not up yet. But when it is up, it should be calvaryaurora.org slash IBSS. Okay. And it's 20 bucks. You get the materials and and then some of that go... Uh, uh, there's a free box, box lunch that's included in that cost and then some of the resources will pay the teacher. He's coming up from Colorado Springs. And so it, it will be the best class that you've ever taken. And you will learn more in seven hours, six hours, than, than you will you'll be shocked, just put it that way, of how much you'll learn. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for taking my call, and God bless you and keep you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. That's right. September 8th, the in, the Inductive Bible Study Seminar. We'll get all the information up on the web soon enough. Uh, but uh, until then, just mark your calendar, September 8th. September 8th. All right, we're going to go on to... 
I'm sorry I don't have your name. Let's see. Jeremy in Longmont. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Hey, so um, I was just calling um, basically uh, for a recommendation and, I guess, a prayer request. So me and my wife have just been feeling under spiritual attack, um, just isolated and distant from God, and okay. we both just decided that it's it's because we've gone away from seeking God together, spending time with God together, and just, you know, we... So what I'm looking for is maybe a recommendation on, um, like, a couple's Bible study. Okay. That would just, you know, that's more geared towards our relationship with God. And then um, just a prayer request because of just the attacks we're under. It's just exhausting. Okay, I'm going to give you two recommendations, but they're okay. not devotional books. They're actually going to get you guys looking at the heart of marriage from a biblical perspective. Okay? okay. The first one is called Married and How to Stay That Way. Okay. And the author's name is Carr, C-A-R-R. He's a friend okay. of mine from California. And, and the other one I'd like you to get is Love and Respect. And okay. I'm, I'm looking at um, seeing if there's a devotional, but the book itself is Love and Respect. And the last name of the, if you put that in, it's, his last name is Egriches, um, E-G-G-E-R-I-C-H-S. Okay. And... Either one of them will be good if you just did a couple, you know, if you, even without a book, while you're ordering or you're waiting for it to come, if you and your wife will just spend a few minutes at night reading the Bible together and praying together, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to lead your wife in a Bible study and teach her a sermon. If you just will end your evening, like tonight, you guys spend, just say, let's, honey, let's do 15 minutes together and let's just talk to God together. You, I'll go first, you go next. And, and then we'll read a chapter of the Gospel of John together, or two chapters. If you will just do that and call me back in seven days, I promise you the Holy Spirit will meet you right where you are, and you will, you will call back and at the very least say, man, it was really good to spend 15 minutes a night with my wife. That's the very least that you'll say, but most likely you'll respond with something along the lines, you know, God really showed us this verse, or we really enjoyed praying together, and I didn't know my wife was even thinking that, but I heard her pray, and now I can pray for, I mean, it can go way sky high, but at the very least, you'll say, man, it was just so good to spend 15 minutes a night talking about God with my wife. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes we place these undue burdens on ourselves, like it, it like every marriage uh, is, you know, we're, and you're right there. Your, your marriage has suffered because of a neglect, but it's true with anything, isn't it? When we neglect our relationship with God, when we relect, neglect our relationships with others, we're going to suffer. Yeah, um, it's true. And, yeah. and so neglect has entered in, but God still loves you and he still loves your marriage and he still is on your side and he loves you in Jesus Christ. And he's longing for you to come back and enjoy him and receive from him, uh, and enjoy his love and his mercy and his grace. And I'd encourage you to to enjoy that and to receive that. Yeah. Thank you. 
You're welcome. You know, um, we all have we all have marriages, and yep. we all have ups and downs in our marriage. And I was just sharing recently in our in a Bible study here that um, that um, you know, Marie and I, my wife and I, we've been married 29 years, but a few years ago we got into such a bad argument that I stopped the argument and and made a really bad decision. And you know, it wasn't adultery or anything like that, but I made a really bad decision that really hurt my wife and I. And and I don't share that bragging. I don't share I just share it's just the reality. We all have marriage and we all fall short and we're all imperfect. And it's only the grace of God and his love and mercy that meets us where we are. And you know, Marie and I are still married. We love each other. Um forgiveness flows we're still suffering the consequences of that decision uh, but we're suffering together and and so you you have a normal marriage and i know that your heart is no longer to neglect your wife and that's what this phone call is all about and i know god has already met you where you're at and and he is more pro your marriage than you are imagine that can i pray for you Yes, please. Father, I just ask that uh, you be with my brother and everyone, other, every other marriage that's listening in right now that is uh, truly in a place of uh, difficulty and challenge, uh, that, that, is, that, that is, in need of, um, is in need of a touch of your Holy Spirit. And I pray for my brother, God. I know that he loves his wife. I know that he loves you. And I know that he's suffering the consequences of neglect. And so just meet him, God, where he is, that he might respond to you in, in, from your love to him. He might just respond to you and come to you and just love his wife. And, and, he, and, and by responding, you know, by demonstrating that love, just like you demonstrated your love. You didn't just say you loved us, God. You demonstrate that love for us. And so give my brother the strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to demonstrate his love to his wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, bro, I just got an idea popped in my head while I was praying. You want to hear it? Yes, please. As soon as you hang up with me, call your wife and pray with her. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's forget about tonight. Like, let's do it right now. Let's, well, don't, don't include me, but <laughs> when you hang up, uh, just call her and say, you know, honey, um, let's pray. I just hung up on the radio. My heart is you know, crushed and whatever you, whatever's on your heart. I just think there's something on your heart you want to share with your wife and that you guys can pray together. Yeah. Do it. I will. I will. You can do it. I know you can. And it's okay. Even if you're afraid of the response and you're afraid she may not respond well, we're not doing it for her response as much as we're doing it for the love of God. That's a good idea. Okay, my brother. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. 303-690-3000. I'm looking at Frank right now. He probably wants to call his wife too. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 303-690-3000. We got for wide open lines. You guys on the East Coast, call us. I always love it, love it, love it when I hear it when someone on the East Coast uh, calls and receives, you know, just as encouraged to um, join us. I just got an email. I just got an email. I mean, right before the show, 
uh, that another station wants to pick up Calvary Live. Isn't that amazing? A station in Hayward, California. I don't know where they are. Oh, excuse me. They're in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I just got an email inviting us to expand Calvary Live to the San Francisco Bay Area. What an amazing invitation. Uh, We are on in New Jersey, in Maryland. We are on in um, New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, up and down the Front Range. Unbelievable. What a privilege. Pray for us. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Live. You're listening, uh, if you're here in Colorado or Wyoming or even parts of Nebraska, you're listening on Grace FM. And you can listen live on gracefm.com anywhere in the country, anywhere around the world, actually. On occasion, when I have the privilege of traveling outside of the United States on a mission trip or maybe a tour to Israel, I I listen to Grace FM. It gives me a taste of home. Um, I miss home when I'm traveling. I miss our church family. I miss uh, the ability to, to love and to uh, minister to the flock of God. And, and so I take Grace FM with me on gracefm.com or the app. We have a free app on any platform, um, gracefm.com, and just put in the search engine, Calvary space Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, and both of our apps will pop up. As a matter of fact, if you get the Calvary Aurora app, you can listen to the radio station there as well. 303-690-3000. Looks like we have some encouragement from Leslie. Leslie's calling from Denver, Colorado. Leslie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I've called before, probably about this, um, but kind of the last caller just just put this on my heart um, with my own marriage, just calling for some encouragement. Um, My husband is not a Christian, um, and it's hard. And um, we just, you know, I've been been fasting and praying on Wednesdays um, for him since September. Yes. And I've seen, I really have seen God move. Um, since that time, he um, has gotten involved in church. He's actually volunteering on the security team at church. <laughs> we're praying. That's yeah, awesome. we're praying before dinner. Um, he prays. Um, he prays before dinner, which is crazy to me. Wow. And um, he wants to go to church every week. And it's awesome. And but then there's times where I feel like then there's times where this kind of like really ugly attitude about God comes through as well, where he gets into this and I don't, he travels for work. So I don't know if it's, if it's just, you know, the people he's with set him back a little bit maybe, but then there are times when he says, you know, that I'm trying to change him or that I'm not the same person that he married, which is true. Mm. Um, and I, um, I have very much taken a, a passive approach, 
so I've really just laid this at God's feet. I've been praying to Him. I haven't been nagging my husband. If he doesn't want to go to church, he doesn't have to go to church. I don't nag him about anything. I don't force him to do anything. Um, and yeah, I've been good. really encouraged. And I have to just focus on that encouragement because then sometimes it seems like he takes like a step forward, but then like four steps backward. Sure. And um, it's um, just recently, so back in September when this all started, we had a really big fight because he had been texting a coworker who was a, who was a female and it never turned into anything physical, but, and I never saw the text messages, but I know that they were inappropriate. Okay. And it came forth because his coworker's husband saw the text messages. So then it came to my attention. Yes. And um, there's always been a little bit of a concern with me that because he's not a Christian, his, his morals aren't the same. And I worry a lot with traveling that, you know, in his eyes, that wasn't an affair. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of times I feel encouraged, but then I get these, like, I just get really worried where I see this ugly attitude come forward, and then I start to worry that, you know, he just doesn't have the same morals, he's not teaching the same morals to our sons, and um, that, that kind of thing puts me down, and it helps to really focus and to continue praying, and I pray every day that I focus pray yes. on Wednesday. Well, good. Um, yeah. Well, that's a great testimony, and I think that love is the same motivator that God uses to draw us to himself. Um, there's over and over and again, God speaks of in his word about his love that compels us and his love that draws us, and he speaks of drawing us with cords of love. And And I know that your unconditional love toward your husband and what you call a passive approach is is could also be viewed in some ways as a as a, an approach of waiting on him and waiting on the Lord to do the work that only God can do, and at the same time, stepping in when you need to speak up for your marriage. Um, it's not okay for us as husbands to be t- texting our co-workers uh, inappropriate texts, or you know, any time a, a, te- a, man, a male's a texting a female, there should be communication in the marriage so that the enemy doesn't give, op- doesn't give the enemy an opportunity to drive a wedge uh, in between, and that the texts are appropriate. And so... Um, you know, I think that there, it's good for you to stand up for your marriage and, and do so in love so that the Holy Spirit can use you. I've been so torn between the passive approach and, and saying stuff, because I know that in the past, if I say stuff, he does say, you know, you nag, where I feel like I'm not nagging at all. But he knows I'm sensitive about that, because my mom nags a lot, <laughs> and um, and I know it, and so I'm very sensitive to not be that way. Sure. And I think I tend to take it the opposite way, where yeah. like I let him do whatever he wants because I don't want to be that wife that like gives him all these boundaries. Um, and he, when that happens, he 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 knows my stance on it, and it was a it was a big argument, and he knows how I feel about it, and um, I thought that I got over it, and. You know, he really expressed remorse over it, but I, in the last couple months, it's been resurfacing, and it's just been bringing a bunch of other kind of doubts and fear, and I've, I have, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord, and I Good. see this encouragement, but then I get really discouraged that, and I know it's in his timing, but that, like, God, when's it going to happen? Well, I can say that in any marriage, there are a need, there is a need to talk about things, and with, and you, and it is, and... 
Secondly, in any marriage, it is possible to talk about difficult things without being a nag. And since you have an example, at least what you say is an example of what nagging looks like, uh, you know when you've crossed the line. And it would be unfair for your husband to call you a nag, uh, like that other example, if he knows full well that that that's you're not doing that at all. And so I, I don't, you know, obviously we none of us know the dynamics of your marriage, but I do know this. As you pray and God gives you the prompting, go ahead and tell your husband this. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what you think. That's that's not nagging. That's a normal relationship. And in, in any marriage, communication is key. And it's okay to share what's on your mind. Um, it's And, you know, it's it, being unequally yoked and being being in a place where, um, he's close, but not so far. Remember, you don't control his salvation. You can't yeah. hold him back from being saved. Neither can you save him. It's all God. And so I know that that you do truly love him, and I think he knows that too. And it's okay to speak up when you need to speak up. And, yeah. um, and, and I, it sounds like you're going to do it in a way that will not reflect the example of nagging that you've gotten in your life. And... And it, I, I think that you're, you can still be what you call passive. And in those times where you think I, I need to speak up and the Holy Spirit confirms that, like, no, go ahead and tell your husband, he's your husband. Even, even though he's not saved, you're still one. You, you became one when you got married. Yeah. That's from God's perspective. And it would be wonderful for you to become one spiritually as well, like in a true way, not just not just what marriage does to bring two people away from their families to become one new family, but to be one in Christ. And that will be our prayer. Yeah, thank you. Can I pray for you now? Yeah, please. Father, I pray for my sister, Lord, as she waits, and and just a little bit of encouragement for Jeremy as well, Lord, and just where where he is in his marriage, and that you'd give Leslie wisdom, and uh, that you would lead her and guide her, and that she would be able to sense the leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit that, God, you would have your way in her life, that you would strengthen her and fill her with your Holy Spirit. And every other wife that's listening in, it's tough. And yet, God, and husband, you know, the unequally yoked, it's a tough situation. But you are faithful and you remain faithful. And so bless this marriage, God, and bring her husband to salvation, to the conviction of sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Becky in Lafayette, Colorado. Becky, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. I haven't called you in a long time. It's been a while, but um, I have a question. Yes. My husband and I are reading a book by Randy Alcorn called yes. Heaven. Uh huh. Are you familiar with the book? I am. Okay, so um, one of the things that we're reading is that um, God doesn't necessarily destroy the earth at the end that he basically revives it or renews the earth. Yes. That the way the earth was always meant to be. I mean, we see parts of earth the way it should have been, the way God intended. Yes. But, you know, there's death and decay and all that kind of stuff that we see that we wouldn't see in the new earth. Correct. Correct. So, but somewhere, um, a friend of mine, she, she believes that God destroys the earth by fire. And so she's understanding that it is completely destroyed and God recreates a new earth, which I, I don't... Randy Alcorn is adamant about saying not, that's not how it goes. Well, so, there, there, are definitely two, there are definitely two views when it comes to this. One is, is a recreation uh, of something destroyed and also um, 
what's the word Randy uses? Uh, it's been a while since I read Heaven. <laughs> he calls it renewed. Renewed. Renews it or re- resurrects it. Like Resurrect. He, that was... he, he goes into the resurrection that, you know, us, the way we are born and, and who we are, will always remain who we are. We'll just be a better version of ourselves right. in, in our glorified bodies. Well, I mean, in Revelation chapter 21, it says that John saw a new heaven mm-hmm. and a new earth for the right. first heaven and the first earth passed away. Correct. And also there is no more sea. And then the holy city coming down. And and I, I believe that, that that if we take the word destroy and mm-hmm. we and we equate that to obliterate, right. then you need to recreate. But right. if we take that word to destroy and, or, you know, obliterate and bring to nothing would be the first one. The second right. one, destroy to being unusable right. uh, and, and no, nothing like it was while it was inhabited, right. then a recreation could be accurate. So it really just, either way, it mm-hmm. is going to be well, new, but it's like also going to reflect the old, like the resurrection okay. body of Jesus, right? right? It's a brand new body, but it reflects the body that was sown in death that was then brought to brought back eternally. Right. So it's kind of a, 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 a semantics issue, I guess. It, it could because... be, or it just depends on on how um, on how you how what is reflective of destroyed, you know, okay. and. What does that look like? We just, mm-hmm. I think sometimes when I'm in a difficulty like this, we're going to be this in um, Hebrews pretty soon here in Hebrews chapter six um, mm-hmm. and the big, one of the big controversial passages in the Bible. I'm going to start, I always like to start with what we know for sure mm-hmm. because that's easier. Uh, right. I don't start with the controversy. I start with what we know for sure. And that's why I like to start with Revelation 21. We know for sure that it is the new heaven and then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth with a right. fresh start. Uh, and and what happens before what the judgment of God um, means in destruction like like for example if he destroys the earth does it disappear mm-hmm. or is what's on it disappear right. and to what degree is it going to be destroyed mm-hmm. um, will it be destroyed to start over um, and that's what new heavens and new earth is right um, you know that there are different viewpoints on that yeah I think the point that he makes, and he's very clear in the beginning of his book that you know it, it's it it's not all it's it's what he surmises over yes. his years of experience uh-huh. and that type of stuff. But um, that God, his creation was perfect; it was good. That's what said in the beginning, right? Yes. So why would he obliterate it and start all over? It's like God admitting he made a mistake and he's going to start over and just recreate. So that's the point he's making in the book, is that, you know, it's not destroyed. It is the the sin of the earth will be destroyed. You know, all the things that that corroded the earth because of the fall of man, um, that will be destroyed. But the earth was good as it was created. So that's that's kind of the point he's making, and I guess that would lead me to believe that, you know, the earth is going to be resurrected or renewed and not necessarily destroyed. I mean, destroyed based on sin, you know, being destroyed. Yes. So um, that's, that, I just wanted to get your viewpoint on that because, you know, her her uh, opinion of it was that, that God was going to completely obliterate the world. Well, you know... There is an interesting passage that 
is let me see it's um um i i think it's in um Peter, let me see if I can find it here. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about the day of the Lord. Okay, here it is. Second Peter chapter three, verse 10. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of, the, of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent mm-hmm. heat. And, and so there's an interesting concept here, because they Peter says that things will be dissolved and on fire at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then also he mentions in verse 12 that the elements will melt with fervent heat, but it doesn't say they'll disappear like to nothingness. Right. Now, of course... Fire does create things and leaves ash, so um, it can, you know, there are remnants that are left over. So, I mean, um, even with that verse, um, the dissolving, let me see, let me just look at one word and let's see what dissolve means. Mm -hmm. This is, so now you're in my, um, you're in my study and I'm answering Mm -hmm. these kind of questions when I'm addressing a, um, let me see here, uh, when I'm doing a Bible study. So let me see. So let me look it up here. I just need to do a quick. Um, so those are those would be key things. Heavens pass right. away, you know. Right. So the pass away with a great noise. Um, right. Elements will melt with fervent heat. Let's look what dissolved means. So let's look up the Greek here. I use a guy by the name of Zodiates. Uh, it's so the first definition of this Greek word luso is to loose. So mm-hmm. dissolved means to loose. One definition is particularly of loose, loosing, loosing something that's fastened mm-hmm. or the loosing of a tongue that couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Its second definition is spoken of persons that are bound or let go. Another one is to sever or break, and another is to demolish. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it doesn't okay. necessarily mean to nothingness. Okay. So I think of another thing. With yes. all the fires that are happening, even in Yellowstone, the thing you know, back at back in I don't know probably the '90s when Yellowstone was on fire. Yes, the regrowth is so much more beautiful mm. and lush, right? Yes. So I guess that's a good way of looking at it too. Is that if God is going to destroy what's on Earth by fire, it will be renewed by, you know, God. The creative order of God yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So, so but, this is what I do. You know, I start thinking these through just like we are right now, kind of talking yeah. out loud, but I do it with my computer instead and type these things out and, you know, dissolved. We automatically think in, in the English language, dissolved means it goes to nothingness. But the root, right. the root of every definition is simply loosing, letting go, um, being different, breaking up, um, demolishing. Um, there is to break, to violate. So it's interesting it's interesting. Yeah. There's a real definitive answer, I think, but, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I have to be careful when you, you know, you pick up a book and you read, even though he's a renowned pastor and he's, he's probably, you know, been in school for a long, long time and very seasoned. And, uh, you would think that he kind of knows what he's talking about. So, um, I guess we just have to, you know, not take it so much to heart and, you know, leave that up to God. Well, I, I think when you're reading books, you know, mm-hmm. the Bible says to test all things, hold fast to what is good. 
And so when we're reading a book outside of the Bible, especially a book that, that teaches biblical truths, or even listening to a Bible study, or listening to the show, um, where there's viewing uh, differing views and such, is we test all things, hold fast to what is good. And one of the things I like to tell people is to be well-read, even read people that you don't agree with, so that you can understand their point of view, and you can understand their argument. You know, you have to be strong. I'm not... I wouldn't want a new believer to do this, but uh, in your mature walk with the Lord, you could handle something like this, or even a heaven book where it's not like you totally disagree with him, but he's pre- right. He, right in the beginning, he shares, this is a right. new thought. This right. is this is something that, that isn't normally, um, I forget the phrase he uses, but mm-hmm. this is new. Right. Uh, yeah. And and so we, and so this is what I tell people, especially those that love to read, mm-hmm. learn to chew the meat and mm-hmm. spit out the bones. Right. And then this one's kind of in the middle. This is kind of the mm-hmm. gristle. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of in the middle where you go, hmm, mm-hmm. that's an interesting thought. And right. I'll put that in the interesting thought category. And right. when I'm in the presence of the Lord, we'll find out which way. Right. So we can't take it, you know, we can't take your word for truth. It's, it's, it's what he's saying based on what he's finding in the Scripture. Yes. You know? Yes. And so he's he really i mean he it's it's in chapter 9 of his book and he really really talks a lot about it you know and he keeps reemphasizing renewal 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 yes. you know resurrected those you know all those things are they're redone they're yes. not necessarily totally destroyed yeah and you know the fact that you know how how dare we even think that what god created in the beginning was good and all of a sudden he takes back his word they now so good i'm going to recreate another one right so there's no answer, I think. Just, you know, we'll know when we get there, I guess. We will, and, and I, th- I say that there's a lot of good points. I mean, I know that uh, I was introduced to the book Heaven after my son passed away. It was very mm-hmm. encouraging to me. And right. depending on where you are, mm-hmm. I didn't get hung up on that. Yeah. I do remember it. It's been a while since I read the book. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that wasn't one of the pieces that really ministered to me. And so um, as you bring it back, I'm trying to recollect what I, mm-hmm. uh, what I wrote down or what I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember being encouraged as my mind was shifted to heaven and what the possibilities might be. Right. And that's, you know, that I've talked to you before, my son committed suicide oh, and, yeah. um, this is, you know, six years now since his death, it just passed its anniversary. And, um, one of my, uh, husband's friends gave him the book, a Christian at, at where he works, gave him the book as a gift. And so we've been kind of reading it together and comparing notes and talking about it. Oh, but, great. Um, and then at Bible study at work, I go and I talk to them about what I've read, and then I get that I beg to differ, I disagree, you know, uh, God destroys the world by fire, that's what the Bible says. And then I go, you know, that's not what Randy Alcorn is saying, and this is, let me, so, you know, it, again, it's, we have to just remember that it's, it, we don't know for sure. Yes. Right. We don't know for sure, although, yeah. you you know, in these times, we do come to biblical conclusions that kind of mm-hmm. give us an assurance. We just know what we know for sure is there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Right. For right. sure. 100%. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Okay. Sure, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Nelson calling from Philadelphia, PA. Nelson, welcome to the program. Oh, I need to hit the button. Sorry. I forget. It's my responsibility. Nelson, welcome to the program. Oh, no. Did we lose you, Nelson? Well, sorry for you guys listening on Hope FM. I need to hit the button, and I forgot to hit the button, so call me back if you're listening. But this button I'll hit. James, welcome to the program. 
Hey, brother Ed, God bless you. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm trying to make a decision. Uh, I'm Pentecostal. There's like 80 or so different kind of Pentecostals, but I'm trying to go uh, non-denomination. You know, okay. I need to go to my pastor, but I need more information. Okay. Um, I know they're going to ask me. Yes. Um, so I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Neither is there going to be a book out there. Or I probably can call tomorrow. Or... What is it that? What do you think they're going to ask you that I could help you answer? Uh, why do you think uh, you, you need to go to a non-denomination? Okay. And, so wh- and, uh, why, what's your answer? Listen. I'm sorry. What's your answer? Uh, my my first answer is uh, the way they believe that you must speak in tongues before you actually receive or acknowledge the Holy Ghost. Okay. If you don't speak in tongues, that's number one. But I'm sure there's some other stuff. Uh, just the way they do, um, I don't know, so, offerings, I guess it ain't just the Pentecostal. But I just need, I just need, I need, I need to go in there. Well, can you look at your? Can, I, can you just go in there and look your pastor in the eye and say, "I I believe <laughs> God is leading me to another church," and leave it at that? Whoa! I mean, because I, it, I, that sounds like the reason you've come to some. And uh-huh. you know, we don't we don't have to make it. Uh, you're not going to change his mind. Um, I'm sure he's pretty convinced that tongues is the evidence of salvation uh, in his in, from where he was trained, but. You know, you're you're not going in to share with your pastor a theological argument. You're simply going in to thank him for serving you, thank you for for this church family. But I believe God is leading me on to another church. Yeah, my wife ain't ready for that. <laughs> okay. My family's not ready for that. Okay, and so they're not ready for what? To leave with me. Okay. So. What kind of book would you be looking for that your wife isn't well, in agreement with you? Well, mainly, I can even go to the Corinthians when it says, do I all speak, you know, in tongues? Oh, yeah, uh, doctrinally. Is that, is that concrete enough? It is it is for me. It may not be for your pastor, but it is see, for me. 12, I mean, see, if you, 12, 13, 14 chapter, right? It's First uh, Corinthians, I want to say 14 or at the end of 13, but how about this one? You know, if if tongues is the evidence of salvation... Then let me just double check here. Uh, I don't think there's any evidence. Um, Peter, uh, get the spirit. No, oh, no, that ain't gonna work. Uh, let's see here. Well, I there's did. no evidence of I'm the sorry. of the man that's on the. There's no evidence of the man hanging on the cross, speaking in tongues. Gotcha. Um, that's one. If if. You know, in order for a doctrine to be true, it has to be applicable to every situation, and that's one situation that salvation didn't that someone's salvation uh, did not lead in speaking in tongues. So, so we know that uh, Pentecostals uh, uh, say that you have to speak in tongues. Is there any other other uh, traditional that they stand on? I- uh, you I just, know, I'm just coming to the light of this stuff, and uh, the, I've seen a couple of videos on, uh, you know, YouTube where they, you know, actually just it's it's embarrassing. Well, why don't you email me, and I will send you some information on tongues. I'll send you the Bible study that I um, that I taught on it, and you can go through the verses that are there and right, how sir. I explain it. Um, and the the reality of tongues as the evidence of salvation is. Is, is not supported in the Scriptures. 
Okay. There are times when tongues exist when someone it comes to faith in the book of Acts, for example, on the day of Pentecost, and then later with Cornelius when it comes to the Gentiles. Um, but the reality of salvation, I, I, I never see it recorded that Peter spoke in tongues. Where's, where in the Bible does it say Peter or James spoke in tongues? Or even Paul. Huh? Well, Paul yeah. said he took, actually, Paul said he spoke in tongues. He spoke in and tongues. He, he actually he, claimed to speak in tongues when he was writing that right, section. Right, right, okay. So, yeah, but but there's no evidence, there, nobody tongues. ever, there's nothing written in the Bible about Peter. There's okay. nothing written in the Bible about James speaking in tongues. So what do we do about okay. them? And I, and I think the answer would be somewhere along the line. Well, they wrote the Bible. Of course they spoke in tongues. But there's no evidence, right? So when we're building a doctrine from the Scriptures, we have to come with evidence. And, you know, Paul said it was better. If tongues was so important for salvation, Paul said in the book of Corinthians that he, that he said prophesying is better. Right, correct. And if tongues is the only ev- true evidence of salvation, how could prophecy be better than that? Does it make a person more saved? And so what I think, to me, your, your passage in 1 Corinthians, do all speak in tongues, that rhetorical question, is really the, the basis. Good that, enough. That's, that is the basis. And he's saying, does, do everybody speak in tongues? No. The answer is no. That's why he says, I, pr- I, I pray that you guys all would speak in tongues. Hi, Email hi. me, pastor at calvaryaurora.org. Thanks, guys. Come on out okay, for Dominic Bali tonight. Uh, We'd love to have you out. It's a nice worship evening tonight with our special guest, Pastor Dominic Bali. Free, 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 Calvary Aurora, 7 p.m. Be here. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.